to focus a little bit more on the heart uh, and, uh, and our experiences in that. Uh, so let's talk about our heartbeat, okay? <clears throat> How many have ever been connected to an EKG machine? How come none of you young people are raising your hand? A couple of young folks up here. Usually when you're young, you don't no need to be put on an EKG. Normally when you're young, if you got put on an EKG, something probably happened. <clears throat> when you get a little more mature, <clears throat> they just put it on there to make sure everything's working like it's supposed to work. I went through a time I was, I was having some, uh, if I would get up, uh, be sitting down, I'd get up, I'd get dizzy. I couldn't walk hardly and, and it got pretty bad. So I went to the hospital and uh, that's why I don't ever go to the hospital. <clears throat> I went to the hospital and after about six hours of being in the emergency room, they basically said, we have no idea what's wrong with you. Go home. <clears throat> Amen. $2,500 later. Uh, I was still dizzy, but I was at home dizzy. Amen. Uh, but they put me on an EKG and they checked all, you know, yeah, your heart's working like it's supposed to. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Amen. So we're going to take a little bit of a, a, a spiritual EKG uh, tonight. Okay. So my heart determines what I say. Okay. What I say with the things that come out of my mouth do not come out of my, I know we use the term mind, but the Bible uses the term heart. And I think the heart is, a, is, is, yes, it's our brain, but it's more than just our brain, okay? Uh, it's, it's, the, the Bible uses uh, the term heart, maybe mind. Uh, so the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Amen. When I was in the Navy, some of you have probably heard me tell this story before. When I was in the Navy, uh, I was just a young uh, 18-year-old kid. No, I guess I was probably 19 then. And uh, there was this guy in my shop uh, who, you know, I, I was a Christian and he was a Christian. He was in this group called The Way. And he really was in the way. Uh, and uh, but, but the reality was, you know, I was striving to, to let my light shine. And, but, you know, the world says, well, you're a Christian and he's a Christian. So I'm going to judge you by him. And uh, so we were both in the Navy. So we were both sailors. That's kind of how that works. OK. And. He cursed like a sailor. You know, I didn't curse like a sailor because I was a godly sailor. Amen. And uh, but I mean, he man did. And it would just make me so mad because I'm trying to be, a, and it, you know, he claims to be a Christian. And and uh, it would just I would get irritated, you know, because people compare, you know, and uh 
So one day we were in the shop and I was working. I was rebuilding a propeller. So I had my hands down in hydraulic fluid and I was just working. And he comes storming through the shop. I don't know what happened, but he come through there cussing a blue streak. He was about from me to uh, uh, the back of the, the, the auditorium there back uh, and uh, back where Brother Boyer's at. And uh, and. I, it just came on my mind, you know, God's been helping me with this as I've gotten a little older. But when I was young, if it came on my mind, it came out my mouth. It just, there was no clutch. There was no, it just hit here and came out here. And uh, so I just, without thinking, I yelled across the shop. I said, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. And he was, he got right to the shop door and he stopped. And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, what did you say? I said, uh-oh, I'm in it now. I said, <laughs> I said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he comes storming up to me, said, I think you kind of take that out of context, don't you? I said, no, not really. <laughs> because I wasn't, you know, but. I'm not saying it was a good witness, just what I did. And uh, but what we what comes out of what's in our heart is going to come out of our mouth. Amen. It's just the way it works. Why I feel the way I do is because of my heart. The word of God. uh, And it's so what I'm talking about there is our motives. Okay, so why I do what I do. The Word of God examines the thought and motives of the heart. Okay? So, how I feel about something or why I do something comes from my heart. And why I act the way I act comes from my heart. That's why the Word of God says, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Amen. That's why it's so important for us to guard what goes into our heart. And when I say goes into our heart, I'm talking about the, the how, how does something get into our heart? It gets into our heart through our eyes and our ears. That's how things get in our heart. We have this thing in our, in our bodies called a brain. It is the most powerful computer ever invented uh, it is the the best storage memory or uh, yeah memory storage device ever created the problem is we just don't know how to access what's in there everything you've ever seen everything you've ever heard is in your brain it's in your mind it's there what makes people that are really smart different than me is they know how to access what's in their mind. Their brain's not better than my brain. They just have the ability to access what's in their brain. Amen. The stuff that they know, I know. I just don't know I know it. I just can't go get it. And uh, and, uh, they use, they have a term called, people call a savant. I think that's the word. 
those people, maybe they don't know everything, but there's something they're extremely, their brain is just, if it gets into that part of their brain, they can access it, you know, and they're, they're, you know, there's some folks that, uh, and usually when they can access that part of their brain, they can't access other parts of their brain, you know, uh, there's some people that, especially there's people that are extremely, extremely smart in math, you know, and they, they write that scribble on the board. They say, they tell me it's math, you know, they, they, they say it's math. And I, there's no way it's really math because math is numbers, not, you know, scribble lines and lines and more scribble lines and triangles. That's not math. But they say it's math, okay? They tell me that. I have no clue what that is. But they do, because they can access a part of their brain. And you know, uh, those really smart math people, they just see it. And, and that's the difference. It's in their mind. It's in their heart. And so that's why the Bible tells us to guard our heart. That's why we have to be careful on what we allow to enter into our eyes. We have to be careful as what we allow to hear. Anyone that's got little children knows as a parent, most every parent has experienced our child saying or doing something at an inappropriate time. Everyone else thought it was cute, but we were extremely embarrassed. Because they don't know any better. They heard it. They, it went in their brain, and it came out their mouth. And we're like, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Let me crawl under something. Because it got there. Okay, so that's why the Bible tells us to guard our heart. Amen. My heart is the real me, okay? My heart is the real me. That's why Romans tells us, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Then he goes on to tell us in the next verse that we would be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind, okay? So, there's some stuff in our hearts that God can help us renew or fix, can take out the bad and put in the good. That's what the renewing of our mind is all about. The Word of God and the things of God can renew that. Amen. So why has God given us each a unique heartbeat? Now they tell us, again, I'm not a doctor, but they tell us technically every one of us has, if, if we were all put on an EKG machine or whatever kind of machine and it looked at our heartbeat, that every one of us, is, our heartbeat would be slightly different. Not anyone's heartbeat would be exactly the same. Uh, that's our natural heart. But spiritually, our heartbeat is different as well. We all have a different heartbeat because God has put in their hearts... God has put it into their hearts to accomplish His purpose. 
So each one of us have a different purpose. Each one of us have a different ministry. And so God has made each one of our hearts a little different. Okay? There's some things that God has put in all of our hearts. When I'm talking about our hearts, I'm talking about who we are, the inside of us. And God has used different things to, to mold our heart and to shape our heart and to, to construct who and what we are so that we can be uh, motivated for the ministry that He has put into our lives. Okay? So we want uh, His heart... <coughs> we want His heart to be our heart. But also each one of us are slightly different. James said uh, that you may have selfish ambitions in your heart, James 3 and 4. Or uh, Samuel 12 and 20 says, serve the Lord with all your heart, 1 Samuel 12 and 20. These are in your notes, uh, by the way. Uh, And uh, Ephesians tells us, do the will of God from your heart. Okay, so... Our heart is how God is working in our life. Amen. So the key to understanding our heartbeat, your heartbeat and my heartbeat, is to look at our past successes. Okay, so what I mean by that is... is what we're going to talk about, we're going to take a few minutes here and then more so when you're not in, in this setting. We're going to look at the things that, let me say it this way, that bring us joy, contentment, uh, motivate us. Okay, so this exercise in your, in your, in your sheets uh, on page number, what page is that? <clears throat> yeah, page two and three. Okay. So, uh, the kind of the directions are on page two and then the actual, uh, writing there is on page three. Okay. So what, what really want you to do is the kind of uh, list. So step one is to list and describe those things that you've done well or enjoyed throughout. Uh, this says childhood, but if you're like me, it says, you know, grade school. I can't remember what I did in grade school. Are you crazy? I, I, that was way too long ago. I might be able to remember some stuff I did as a teenager, late teens, maybe. Okay? So some of you that are a little less mature than me, oh, that's not the right word to use there. Because there ain't too many in this room less mature than me. <laughs> those that are not quite as, you know, that those that are a little younger than me, amen. Because we know... Age and maturity do not go hand in hand. My wife would say amen if she was here. Amen. (laughs) So, 
list or describe some things that you've done well. And they give you some examples there. Uh, so it will include school, work, etc. Things you enjoyed, things you did well, things uh, that motivated you. Uh, and then it gives you some bad examples. So just take a couple minutes. Just put a couple things there just so you get the idea. We're not really going to go over them. I just want to give you that uh, idea. And then step two, uh, there's a list of, uh, of uh, different descriptive words or different categories, okay, that, that you can take and uh, kind of look at them and circle or check mark, whichever one you want to do there. Things in that list that... That, again, bring you fulfillment. Uh, again, we're talking about the heart. So when we think about the heart, we're thinking about things that motivate us, things that we enjoy, things that, you know, uh, for instance, for me, one of those things that's even in that, is, is it in that list? No, it's in the other list. Uh, but uh, so things you enjoy to do there. Uh, and what we're trying to, to accomplish with that is to understand or discover what motivates us. What, and so the point in all of that, the point in what I'm trying to, to help us understand in the lesson, uh, and this is the part that I think is more practical, is it's okay... It's okay because God has made us who we are. It's okay to take the things that we enjoy doing and try to uh, use those things or find some place of ministry that those things fit. Uh, and she just she she walked out of the auditorium so I can I can pick on her. Uh, and this is kind of an example. Uh, Sister Lauren enjoys baking, okay, and she's really good at it, you know, and if she can hear me and wants to bring me some of those blackies, y'all don't know what blackies are, but her and I know what they are, so she wants to, you know, bring me some blackies, I'll be happy to pay her for them. Uh, you know, you've heard of brownies, right? You've heard of blondies, well, these are blackies, oh, they are so good, they are so good, Amen. So she enjoys that, okay? So uh, on Sunday morning when we have uh, uh, Welcome to Antioch, she bakes some stuff and brings it in. That's ministry. That's, you know, oh, that's not spiritual. It's still ministry, you know? And so stuff like that, stuff you enjoy uh, to do, you know, say, well, how can I do that for ministry? How can I, how can I do that? And uh, or maybe there's something you enjoy and you and there's some ministry that you figure out, you know, I could do this and it would be a ministry and it's not going on in the church. Well, talk to your talk to your elder, talk to your oikos uh, deacon, you know, say, hey, I've got this idea. Can, is there something we can do? That's OK. It's because God gave you that. God put that in you. Okay, and so that's what we're trying to get out of these exercises to help us to understand the things that we're good at, uh, the things that that we have abilities to do 
that we can use them for ministry, okay? Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's some things that I can't do for ministry, okay? There's, there's uh, uh, you know, there's a dear sister right now sitting back there in that booth back there, and the words that I'm saying, she's speaking into a microphone in Spanish, okay? They have not asked me yet to go back there and do that. And I, I'm like, can a brother help? No, you cannot. Stay where you are. Because those people on the other side of the microphone would not get anything useful. Because I can't do that. Okay, I don't have that ability. I can't translate. I can't hardly talk English. Sometimes someone has to translate my English into real English. Be, but, but that's ministry, okay? And so those are, those are some of the things that uh, we're trying to accomplish from this, this uh, lesson. Okay. So uh, how can I apply my abilities? Corinthians 12 and 6 and 7 tells us there are different ways God works in our lives, but it's, it is the same God who does the work through all of us. A spiritual gift given to each of us as many, I'm sorry, as a means of helping the entire church. And uh, that was New Living Translation and Exodus 31 and 3. I, God, have given him skills, abilities, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. And that's the NIV. So God has given us different abilities. Okay, so I want to take the next couple minutes and I want to talk about, uh, and again, tonight's lesson is really more practical than uh, what you might be comfortable with or familiar with. Let me say that. So five, I want to talk about five misconceptions about abilities and talents. Okay. So myth number one, people are not born with skills. All skills must be learned by experience. Okay. Now, first of all, I'm going to say there are a lot of skills that are learned by experience. There's a lot of things we learn by doing. Okay, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But not all skills are, are, are learned. There are some things that, that some of us have born, been born with some natural abilities. Okay, some things we're just gifted at. Okay, uh, and you know, that's, that's just true. And why did God give some people, you know... We take that verse of scripture that that says God is no respecter of persons and we try to use it for stuff it doesn't belong to. Okay? Just because God's no respecter of person doesn't mean he gives you the same thing he gives me. Because what he's going to do with me is different than what he's going to do with you. What he plans for my life is different than what he plans for your life. So there's no sense in making us all the same. First of all, life would be boring if we were all the same. Well, if we were all like me, it might be kind of exciting, but it would not, it would be chaotic. There would be no order to life whatsoever. Uh, 
Amen. But it went, who, who wants all, you know, uh, you know, it's, never mind. I was going to talk about science fiction, but, you know, I, I get off on that tangent and uh, we might never get back to reality. Amen. So myth number two, those skills which must be learned are learned primarily in the classroom. Okay. So, and I actually think the reality of this, there's a lot of stuff. I'm not anti-school. Matter of fact, I think school is important. Uh, but uh, the reality, how, ma- how, many of, how many folks we have here that went to school and got a degree? Okay, quite a few of us here. Not me, my hand's up just because, okay? Uh, just because I'm waving at y'all. Uh, how many of you went to school, got a degree, and then you got out of school, and they, you went to get a job, and they said, you got to have a degree, and you got to have five years experience, or ten years experience. What kind of sense does that make? Where does a brother get experience? You know, you, so now they got to have a school to teach you, then they got to have another school called experience school. They ain't got that school yet. You got to find somebody that's willing to give you some experience. Because everyone out there knows you learn some stuff in school, but the stuff you really need to know, you learn by doing. Okay? You learn. So for me, I work on technology for a living uh, and uh, got my first computer. I went to over in 90, 91, whenever the first Gulf War was. I went over there to, uh, to work uh, as a contractor in Saudi Arabia and uh, made a boatload of money. Uh, not really a boatload, but uh, I made a bunch of money. I mean, I was making 200 and some odd dollars a day living expenses and spending $27 to live. So that was all extra money, tax-free. Uh, and then I was working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, you know, so all that overtime, Sundays was straight double time. So, you know, I was, I was, I was making some money, you know, and sending it home to mama and she was spending it. Uh, <laughs> so, so I got back and then the got back and our wonderful president said, Hey, all that money you made over there, it's tax free. I said, woohoo. Uh, so I got this huge income tax check back. And so uh, the personal computer was kind of a new thing. And so my brother-in-law had a personal computer. And so I went and I saw this thing called a personal computer, a PC. Man, that thing is cool. That's pretty awesome. You can do what with it? That is awesome. Look at the games you can play on that. That is so cool. I got to get me one of those. So I bought one. Didn't know nothing about nothing. So I bought me a computer and I started learning how to work on a computer. And so I broke it. And so now that I broke it, I had to learn how to fix it. You know, so I learned how to fix it. And I realized I liked breaking it and I liked fixing it. So I started doing it as a hobby. And I got where I could build computers and make computers and Man, I kind of like doing this. You know, and I was a mechanic at the, I was a jet mechanic in the Navy. So I was working as a, in a contractor. I was a mechanic and I didn't really like doing that anymore. So, 
So uh, this job came open in the computer side, and I said, hey, I can do that. Can, can I apply for that job? <clears throat> you know, I had some guys that were my boss that I was in the Navy with, so I had a kind of a, you know, an in. Yeah, he can do it. Give him the job. So they gave me the job, and now, now I'm getting paid to do what I like to do. So I learned how to work on computers. I learned how to build networks. I learned all of that stuff by doing it. Then I realized if I was going to ever leave there and go work somewhere else, I was going to need some schooling. So then I went back to college just so I could tell someone I went to school. Never finished, but I went back. So my point in all of that rambling is sometimes you learn by doing. And sometimes you learn what you're good at. You learn your heart by doing. You learn things in the in ministry by doing. Okay? Are you a good Sunday school teacher? I don't know. And you might not know either. Go try it. Go say, you know what? I want to teach Sunday school. You might go in there and realize, man, I stink at this. Or you might realize, man, I'm pretty good at this. These kids like me. Imagine that. They like me, but I just can't teach them anything. Or what I teach them is not very good. I teach them how to get in trouble. So that's why they don't let me teach Sunday school. Amen. So, so you have to learn some stuff by doing. Okay. Myth number three. If you have certain abilities, you will be aware that you have them. This kind of bleeds into what I was just saying a minute ago. Uh, that's not always true. You don't know what you're good at until you try it. Okay. Some things you don't know that you have gifts and abilities unless you try to do them. Most people, you know, uh, that are good at stuff. Amen. Uh, when I was in school and it's kind of crazy, I really like doing it, but I'm not, you know, I thought it was good. So when I was in school, I took uh, in high school, you had electives. I don't know what they do today, but we had electives. You had to take these electives. And one of the electives I took was home ec. That's when I really learned, like, figured out I really like to cook. I took home ec, and I, I really like it. But one of it was sewing. I actually had to sew on a sewing. I was pretty good at that, too. I kind of liked it. You know, cut out patterns, and I, I can sew. I know how to do it. You know, you're not going to... You know, there's some ladies here at the church. They're really good at it. Okay, I'm not one of them. But I can run a sewing machine if I had to. But I just got some pants. My wife got me some pants for Christmas. I didn't hem them up. I gave them to one of the ladies in the church and paid them to do it because I wanted it done right. Okay? But I did it. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I made a t-shirt. I made an apron. I made some stuff. And it, it even looked good. You know, I took shop class and I made stuff in metalworking and I, I realized I kind of like it. I'm not going to do it for a living, but I didn't know. I found out some other stuff. I don't like that. I ain't doing that ever again. But you don't know until you do it. Okay. And, and so, and that's even in the kingdom of God. Okay. There's some stuff you might be good at. You might like, you might have abilities at, but you don't know unless you try. So sometimes you just say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be very good at that, but there's a need. I'm going to see what I can do. And then whenever there's the needs done, if I liked it, I'm going to do more of it. When the needs done, pastor, please don't ever ask me to do that again. 
Because neither one of us liked it. Me are the people I did it for. Amen. Where'd you go? Come back. Man, you, anybody know a computer guy? Where's a computer guy when you need him? Myth number four. Skills that I use at work. <laughs> See? Skills that I use at work are only usable in that environment. You can't use them in the ministry. We know that that's not true. Okay? But sometimes we, we don't think about it that way. Okay? Uh, if you enjoy what you do at work and you're good at what you do at work, and there's some place in the ministry that, or when I say ministry, I'm talking about ministry. Helping people to grow in their relationship with God. Graphic design. There might be some people in here that do graphic design for a living. <clears throat> you can, that's, that's a ministry in the church. Okay, amen. So, or it can be. So let me move on. Myth number five. Most people only have a few abilities. And I think this is a little stretch on this here because I can't even, I can't think of 12 abilities I have, let alone four or 500, but whatever. <clears throat> the point of this is we have a lot of abilities we don't know we have. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, that's what they're talking about, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Amen. So we, we think we only have a few abilities, but we're, most of us have got untapped abilities because we don't stretch ourselves. We don't allow God to use us except for very narrow focus. And we only think of certain things as ministry. Okay? Amen. So, for your homework, again, uh, actually a couple things. Uh, I'm going to finish up, but uh, there's a list of how to discover your motivational abilities. So, follow the directions there. It goes back to the first. That's why you want to do that first exercise a little more in depth at home. And then from that, you come back and you do this and you compare. So all of these different uh, active words that you can look at. Okay, these are things that bring me joy or make me happy. I enjoy doing. I like doing. I'm good at doing. I may, you know, there's some things that I'm not all that good at, but I like to do. And God can use those things as well. Help us to learn those things. Amen. So that's for, that's for your, your, your study, for your, uh, the next two things. So plugging in your personality. So we're going to finish up uh, this last part. Okay, so <clears throat> under that gray line there where it says plug in your personality... Page four or five near the end there. Uh, There's a space that says, uh, write your name. So write your name in that space. 
And then the next space below that, write your name again, but write it with your off hand. So you need to write your name with your, if you're right-handed, write your name with your right hand. And then in the next empty space below that, write your name with your left hand. If you're left-handed, do it the opposite. Okay? So write your name with your dominant hand and then write your name with your non-dominant hand. When I was in school, this really happened to me. Man, and my mother was so mad. So before I went to school, uh, I, I used both hands to do everything. Uh, you know, I went to school, and the first day at school, teacher tied a string around my right hand and told me, that's the hand you're supposed to write with. So all day, that's the only hand I would write with. She said, that's the hand you would write with. I never could write with my left hand again. Until I went to school, I did it. One day of that teacher drilling in my brain that I was supposed to write with my right hand. I don't know if I would have been ambidextrous. Can't even say the word, let alone be it. Amen. Uh, But man, I went home. My mother, she didn't know God back then. Uh, so it wasn't a pretty sight. Amen. But it literally happened to me. Uh, and, you know, people used to do dumb stuff like that. Hopefully we got a little bit smarter. Okay, so how did it feel? What happened when you tried to do something that's not natural? Now, some of you, there's probably in the crowd this size, there's probably one or maybe two people that probably can write fairly well with both hands. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't one of them. Uh, So, uh, first of all, it felt uncomfortable. When you do something that you're not used to or something that's not natural, it's uncomfortable. Okay? For sure, it took you a little extra time, right? Extra time and a little more effort to do something that's not natural. And lastly... I probably should have been a little bit more politically correct about this, but you still did a lousy job. (laughs) You still didn't do such a good job. Amen. And you say, well, what's that got to do with? So sometimes, sometimes we do stuff that's not natural. Uh, Sometimes we have to do it because that's the need. Remember we talked about last week. There's two ministries that you should always be involved in, the ones that you have a talent for, and then the second one, and the one that we probably are involved in the most, is the one that there's a need. There's a need. And maybe I know I can do it, or I know I can't do it, but there's a need. And literally, I've done everything. I've done everything there is to do in the church. I remember... Pastor, when I was in Lexington Park, Pastor came to me and he's like, Man, I need a church secretary. You want to be a church secretary? What are you talking about? Well, you know, you gotta take you gotta you gotta take care of the books, you gotta pay the bills, you gotta be like, I have no idea how to do that, but if you need me to do it, I'll do it. I'm gonna tell you right now, if they don't ever ask me to do that again, I'll be I will die and go to heaven a happy man. 
I think everybody in the church should have to do it for six months, though. I think every Christian should have to be the church secretary. It is a terrible job. Especially when there's not enough money to pay the bills. (laughs) You, You would be shocked on how much money it takes to run a church. Just the electricity alone. Oh, Lord, I don't have time to go into all that. But I, I, I've done it all. I've done everything. And that's one of those things. I did it, but I, no, not again. No, thank you. I'm not volunteering for that job. But there was a need. That's what he needed me to do. Okay, I'll do it. Actually, me and my wife did it together. She did all the stuff I didn't like doing. I did the stuff that was not quite that bad because she loved me. And she was, she didn't know that someday she was going to be a banker. I was training her. God was training her. Amen. So the last thing we're going to, we're going to end the class and you can do this at home. Uh, So there's a, there's a little personality test type thing in there called, uh, this is put out by uh, Smalley. What's his first name? Gary Smalley. Yep. Uh, in one of his books, uh, and it talks about different personality types, lion, otter, golden retriever, and bear. Uh, so again, our personality helps us to understand. So <clears throat> it tells us the things that we have. So let's be honest. We all have personality strengths, and if we're honest, we have personality defects. Okay? And that's okay. Every... Everyone has a personality, who you are. And with that personality, there's strong points and there's weak points. Okay? And it's okay to know what those weak points are. Because if you're being used in ministry, you're doing something and you know that certain things are not necessarily a strong suit. Then you usually try to get someone to help you that can counterbalance your weakness. That's what ministry is all about. Okay, so it's just a little thing to help you kind of understand yourself. So uh, if we have time next week, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, There's uh, some a little score sheet or a little explanation of the strengths and weaknesses of each one of those. And then the last two pages, uh, examining my experiences. There's some questions there to help us uh, understand uh, how some of our experiences in our life help us to, again, we're talking about our heart, okay? How, it, how all of those things make up our heart, our shape, who we are, okay? And who we are is who God wants us to be, amen? amen. And He's making each, each one of us so that we can... Examine your experience, uh, Romans 8.28, and we know that all things God works for good, those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Amen. And the more, the more I understand that verse, the more I understand everything in my life is good. Everything in my life is good, even the bad. Everything in my life is good, 
if I allow everything to be used for his purpose. Amen. And if I strive, so oftentimes we ask God, we find ourselves in the midst of something. And this is one of the things that I've been working on that kind of helped me. So a lot of times we find ourselves in the midst of something and we ask God, why? It's okay to ask God a question, but why is not always the right question? Okay? Because normally when we're asking why, we're asking it more as a distraught why. Why? Why am I going through this? Why is this? But the right question, it's, it's not much different. But the right question is what? What do you want me to learn? What are you trying to make me? What are you trying to teach me? Just by changing the question a little bit, you're asking him the same thing. But the difference between what and why is our perspective. It's our attitude. Really, most of the time when we say why, we mean what. If we're, if we're really trying to know God, but there's just that little difference of saying what? God, what are you trying to teach me? What, what is the purpose of this situation? What is the outcome? What, what, what are you trying to make me? Just by asking that different question makes us look at everything that goes on in our life, presently and in the past. So often we look at the things in our past, especially the negative things in our past, we ask why. But what if we asked what? What was the purpose of that, God? What, what can you do with that in my life today? What benefit can I be because of that thing that I went through? That valley that I walked or that mountain that I climbed? Amen. Uh, Understanding our experiences help us to understand how we can be used in the church, how we can fit where our purpose is. So again, uh, thank you. The idea of the class is to help us to look at ourselves and hopefully find who we are in God and how who we are can be a benefit to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.